This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, and following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94WIP, the YouTube page. A lot of people have been checking it out. We appreciate that. Give us a subscription there. The best video pods we'll put up every single week. All right, it's Friday, and it is a huge Friday for the Philadelphia Eagles and a huge game in the NFL on Sunday Night Football when the Eagles travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in a game I think they really need. I, I have said it. I've said it all week on the air at WIP. I, I don't, I'm not assuming the Eagles will win their final four games. I'm not assuming Dallas will lose a game after this, even though their schedule is significantly challenging and the Eagles is not that challenging moving forward. The Eagles just aren't playing great football on defense. And when you're 32nd in the NFL on defense on third down, I don't pencil you in for almost any win. You know, certainly not four, five, six in a row. So I think this is a critical game on Sunday to make sure the Eagles do win the NFCs because we could wake up on Monday morning, they lose, they're the five seed, and panic, of course, will ensue in the city of Philadelphia. So what are the keys? How do the Eagles do this? How do they go beat the Cowboys on Sunday night? A team they did beat here in Philadelphia about five weeks, so it could be done. It's been done already this year. Here's how it's done. Number one, and I feel like I'm I'm playing right in to what has been talked about a lot at WIP this week, the sign outside the Novacare Complex, and... It's, I think it's more than just a run-pass ratio, but I do believe the Eagles need to run the ball effectively on Sunday night to beat the Cowboys. And I'm not saying become a run-based team. I'm not saying line it up, three yards, cloud of dust. They're going to have to try to keep up scoring-wise with the Cowboys, absolutely. But by running the football on Sunday night, I believe the Eagles can limit possessions in this game and make it more of a challenge for the Cowboys to get to the point total they have gotten to in recent weeks. I mean, guys, they're averaging 41 points per game in their building. 41 points per game. They haven't lost a home game since the first game of last season. We're talking about one of the best home teams in the sport right now, and it's not even, these games aren't close. When they play at home, they just bludgeon teams. I think this is a buzzsaw the Eagles are walking into on Sunday, and one of the ways they could combat that is by running the football, taking the air out a little bit, long possessions, and limit their possessions doing it that way. The other thing is, I think the Eagles have lost their identity a little bit on offense. It feels like it's backyard football. It doesn't feel like there's physicality to what they're doing. Get that physicality back. Be the most physical team on the field. Keep Dak off the field. I think all these things align 
and really, really go together in a significant way. And last week, the Seattle Seahawks, who put up a lot of points, they didn't win. They weren't good enough to beat the Cowboys on that Thursday night game. They did try and and keep to establishing something on the ground. They ran the ball 22 times for 72 yards. Not beautiful, not pretty, not breakaway gains, but it was enough to keep their offense sustained. Gino had a big night through the air. They got a lot over the middle. I think running the football this week is critical. Last week, they had nine runs. The Eagles had nine called runs to running backs. That's just not enough. They got to be more balanced this week. Listen to the guy outside the Novacare complex. Run the football. All right. Point number two and the second key to the Eagles winning this football game on Sunday against the Cowboys. They got to get on the board early before it becomes a route. This has become a theme. It's an ugly theme for the Eagles. I know last week they got off to a good first quarter start, but it wasn't good enough. Six points isn't good enough. Two nice tries, but stall in the red zone. Hurts takes the sack, and they go into the half trailing again. It's just not a way to live in the NFL. It's not a way to win in the NFL. And they happen to be going up against a team that has excelled in scoring points early. And what I mean by that is for the season, the Cowboys are averaging 19.5 points per game in the first half. I mean, every game, they basically have 20 on the board at halftime. Meanwhile, the Eagles are averaging 12 for the season. So if we play out the season averages, it's 19 or 20 to 12 at the half. Okay, they're down. Not great, certainly manageable, but they're down. If we go by the last three games, the most recent sample here, and what have you done for me lately? The Cowboys are averaging 19 points per game per game in the first half. The Eagles are averaging less than seven. This game could be a route by halftime if the Eagles don't wake up and get themselves going quickly. This, you know, again, it's similar to last week, but this one even more so because the Cowboys offense is just I mean, they're, when they get rolling, like the the Niners to me are a well-oiled machine, and it's just like constant churning of the machine. The Cowboys get on heaters, and their heaters the last five or six weeks are just remarkable, where they just score and score and score and score, and it's like boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown. They can't have that. The Eagles can't have that on Sunday. And with the way the Eagles' defense is right now, trying to play from behind, it's difficult because if your defense can't get off the field on third down and you're trying to play from behind – you're going to be in a spot where, yeah, maybe you scored, but so did they. And then you just can't catch up. This needs to be for the Eagles to win either a lead at the half or a game within, let's say, three or four points. If they're down a touchdown, if they're down multiple scores, it's going to be really hard for them to come back in this football game against an offense and, and as potent as the Cowboys, especially in their building. They need to match the Cowboys in the first half of this game. That is the second key to beating the Cowboys. Key number three... In this one, I'm going to say don't take sacks. Jalen Hurts has taken too many sacks this season. Fifth most sacks in the NFL. It's too much. It's too much. And you look at the guys on the list above Jalen Hurts, the players that have taken the most sacks in the NFL, I think you'd be surprised Excuse me, at the names that are on that list. Because you think about typically, you, you would think it's bad quarterbacks or you would think it's guys on behind bad offensive lines. Here, here's the combination of guys that have taken the most sacks in the NFL. Sam Howell, right now, clearly a below-average NFL quarterback. Bryce Young, young, overwhelmed, bad offensive line. Zach Wilson, maybe the worst starting quarterback you'll see in the NFL for decades. Russell Wilson, old and he can't move anymore. Those are the only four quarterbacks in pro football that have taken as many sacks as, or more sacks, excuse me, than than Jalen Hurts. Next on the list, C.J. Stroud, a rookie who doesn't really move that much. He's more of a pocket guy. Then Daniel Jones, who, you know, was behind maybe the worst offense in the league, and he got hurt, and he hasn't played, and he's got hurt, you know, he's out now. Then Lamar Jackson, 
Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter. So it's a combination other than Lamar. Lamar and Hurts stand out as they're the two really good quarterbacks in this list. But again, they're mobile, they run, and they could run themselves in a sack sometimes. Everybody else either stinks, they're below average, behind a bad offensive line, or they're old and slow. It's not a good list to be on. And you watched the game last week. I didn't think it was the offensive line not protecting Jalen Hurts. I thought he held the football way, way, way too long. And you watch the Cowboys play. They lead the NFC right now in sacks. They're a really good pass rush. Their pass rush has been more prolific than the Eagles this year. And I feel like the way they operate on offense and defense is they thrive on big plays. They thrive on kind of get you out of your seat plays. That's the Cowboys. Are they down-to-down grinders like the Eagles are? No, but they're, they are they are thrive on edge of your seat, get you out of your seat plays, especially in their building. It gets the whole place revved up. It gets their defense revved up. You got Dan Quinn who's backwards hat on, cheering in the booth there in the, uh, in the suite. So their defense can be had. You saw Seattle move the ball last week, but when push came to shove, Micah Parsons made some plays. And Micah Parsons is going to be a problem this week. I can't wait to watch him against Lane. I trust Lane. But they'll isolate Parsons a little bit on, on my lotto. They'll get him through the middle. They'll do what they got to do. He has the best pass rush win rate in the NFL. That guy's a monster. It's why he might win defense player there. He's a great, great, great football player. And he could be a problem this week. So for Jalen Hurts, if he feels that pressure, get out. Run, scramble, pick up positive yards, throw it away, or throw into a tight window if you need to. The Eagles cannot be taken sacks. Sacks are negative plays, and negative plays kill scoring drives. You know, you go look at the correlation between sacks and and drives where you get points, and there's a direct correlation. Teams don't score as much, not even close, on drives that they get sacks as they do on drives without sacks. And you look, the opposite of this, of course, is the quarterbacks in the NFL that don't take sacks. You know, go down the bottom of the list in terms of guys that have taken the most sacks in the NFL, and it's some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We're talking about, you know, you go to Josh Allen, only taking 15 sacks. Patrick Mahomes only taking 17 sacks. Two is only taking 17 sacks. There's a reason for this. Jared Goss only taking 21 sacks. They get the football out of their hand. Brock Purdy only taking 23 sacks. Get the football out of your hand or use your legs and run the football. I'm fine with that. If Jalen wants to use his legs and move that way. So key number three of this game on Sunday, do not take sacks. Key number four is going to be to contain. I'm going to give you a name you may not be ready for. I think you're probably ready for CeeDee Lamb, obviously. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's a problem. We know that. But I've seen games. I mean, the Eagles did it when Julio Jones was at his best, when he was with Atlanta, where you could let the top receiver on the other team have his 100 as long as everybody else isn't beating. It's kind of an NBA thing where, yeah, the star player, the Joel Embiid or whoever the star scorer is in the game, Giannis, whatever, is going to get his 30-35. But can you slow everybody else down? Can you shut everyone else down? Can you make them shoot in basketball 25% for three instead of 38%? That's that's kind of winning on the margins. I expect CeeDee Lamb, especially when the Cowboys put him in the, in the slot and line him up against Eli Ricks or Roby to get his. He's going to get his. Where the Eagles have to be better is red zone, third down, and when the ball's not going to CeeDee Lamb, it's become... A really interesting mix for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Brandon Cooks has come on, but I believe Jake Ferguson, their young tight end, has really emerged as a key weapon for them and one of the more underrated and really impressive tight ends in the NFL. He was, he's been a security blanket for Dak Prescott. Seven of 10 targets he caught last week for 91 yards and a touch, uh, excuse me, he had seven of 10 targets last time these two teams played, 91 yards and a touchdown. I'm looking at his numbers for last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Six catches, 77 yards, a touchdown on eight targets, so very efficient. Jake Ferguson's been very efficient. Um, 
And he'll run through people. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. There's something about a tight end built like Ferguson. You think back to Witten, of course, all the great years that he had as the tight end of the Cowboys. Look, Ferguson's not Witten yet, but he's a good football player. And, you know, Bayard, the trade for Kevin Bayard, it was for games like this. And I think at times Bayard's done a decent job. At times he's been pretty invisible. I have not been thoroughly impressed with him so far. Actually, I've been more disappointed than anything. It feels to me like this year's Golden Tate trade, where it's like this really productive, good player that comes in here, midseason trade, and it's just, it's blah. And who knows, maybe Bayard makes a pick in a playoff game and we forgive him. But, you know, he's got to be better. And I, I imagine we'll see a lot of him in this matchup. Maybe we'll see some Jack Leonard as well in this matchup if he's matched up against Jake Ferguson. And I just went to look because feels like, yeah, and it's true, Jake Ferguson this season and really in his career so far, he was a rookie last year out of Wisconsin. It's his second year in the NFL. He's really emerged. Last year, 19 catches. This year, 46. He's got almost 500 yards, 10.8 a catch. But his catch percentage, you know, when they target him, um, he, he's catching the ball nearly 70%. That's got to be, I'd imagine, one of the highest in terms of tight ends in the NFL, his catch percentage. They throw it to him, and it's pretty darn successful. It has been this year. Let's see if I can find catch percentage for tight ends around the NFL. So as I pull this up, uh, Cole Komet's at over 80. That's really good for the Chicago Bears. That's probably one of the best ones in the NFL. Um, you know, Gerald Everett's more of a part-time guy. I'm looking at more full-time than Noah Fant, more of a still of a part-time guy, but he's got a good one at 78. Uh, running backs trying this list, tight ends. Um, for but for guys that have volume, Trey McBride's coming along here for the Arizona Cardinals. He'll be a problem down the stretch. George Kittle's at 74% in terms of success rate. Hawkinson Laporta 74. Goddard was at 73 before the injury. Just give a little perspective on on some tight ends that are doing this. And then you go to a guy like Jake Ferguson, who's in the 69% range in terms of success rate when they throw him the football and actually the in the past becoming a catch. That's pretty darn good. You're around 70%. Dalton Schultz, who the Cowboys let go in free agency to let Ferguson play, he's at 65%. So he's outperformed some of those bigger name tight ends in the National Football League over the course of of the last few weeks. He's a good player. Eagles have to contain him or could get pretty, pretty poor. All right, last one. The last one here is the, the Eagles have to abuse Terrence Steele and then finish the play. I thought last time these two teams played, they really did a good job getting the pressure off of Terrence Steele, the right tackle side for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a weak link in the offensive line. Not a great player. Hassan Reddick really had his way with a lot of early pass rushes. But I noticed in that game, the first time these two teams played, that Dak Prescott's legs, specifically, I guess, his ankle after the injury a few years ago, they're back. I, I think Dak's moving as well as he has in a very long time. And I believe that he has an ability right now to scramble and get away and create with his legs that he didn't have a couple of years ago. So it's not just good enough to instantly pressure off the right side Terrence Steele, which I believe Hassan Reddick will be able to do on a number of occasions Sunday night. He's got to close the deal. He's got to get to Dak Prescott, hit him, affect the throw. I mean, I, you know, getting a sack's not super easy. Dak is a really strong, well-built quarterback that shrugs guys off. That's going to happen. It happened with Josh Allen a couple weeks ago. But the key is getting him to get rid of the football quickly instead of holding it, scrambling, moving, dashing away, finding CeeDee Lamb or Ferguson or Cooks down the middle or whatever, and all of a sudden it's a busted play and it's a big play. They got to finish. They didn't finish against Josh Allen. They didn't really get to Purdy. They didn't get too much to Mahomes after the first quarter. It's got to be a key this week. Finish the playoff. At least hit him. Get him to get rid of the football quicker than he wants to. It is a major key. So my five keys 
for the Eagles to beat the Cowboys and get back on track. Number one, get on the board before it becomes a route. Number two, run the football. Number three, don't take sacks. Number four, contain Jake Ferguson. Number five, abuse Terrence Steele and finish. I appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily NFL Picks in your feed on Saturday. Let's get another winning week here on the WIP Daily Picks. Appreciate listening. We will talk soon, as always, on WIP Daily.